come on now. Were you, were you up like till, till one or three or four or five? Happy New Year. Right? Amen. Today is the day that the Lord hath made, right? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? A new beginning, a new start, a new hope, a new love, and a new peace uh, that all might come to us in 2023, right? But the reality is, and then we shared this with you last week, and it's one of the reasons why we kept the Christ candle burning for this week, is all of those things are culminated in Jesus Christ. All of it. Our hope, our love, our peace, our joy, our faith, our, our wants, our, our needs. All of the things that, that confound us and bind us and, and stress us, right? They're all found in Jesus. That's why we blew the other four candles out. And I did, matter, matter of fact, I, I told you when I blew those candles out, some of the traditionalists were going to get me. I did get a, I, I did get a message from, from one this week that said, you know, you know you're really not supposed to blow those out, right? I was like, yeah, I know, but did you listen to the point? Because the point is, see, I can have all the hope that I want. And I can have an idea of how that hope is going to be culminated. I can make up my mind that it's going to be culminated this way, right? But if I never get it my way then I never really fully find Christ, right? But when I choose to come his way, and I choose him, and I choose his authority, and I choose his wants, and I choose his desires, I, with humility, choose to step into who he is and what he is, then my hope is vanquished in that, but yet filled in all that is Jesus, right? And ultimately, that's, that's, that's the idea of salvation. The idea of salvation is, is this notion that I can't save myself. I can't fix myself. I can't overcome the things in my life and the decisions that I've made, or as TJ said, the corn that I've planted. I, I can't change that. But what I can do is I can... Let all of that be extinguished or put out, and I can allow the light of Jesus Christ to begin to shine in my life, through my life, and for my life. Amen? And that's what a new year should signify for us. I was talking with Dwight, and he, he, he shared something this morning with me that I don't know, he might share a little bit at the end, but he shared something with me I didn't I had never really picked up on in Scripture before, but he asked me, when did, when did Noah's Ark land? And I, you know, immediately I went to the scripture and said, it said well, it said after the, after the 40th day and da 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 you know, of course, trying to pull it out of my head uh, and everything else. And he, he breaks it down and he says, no, it said, and he, he knows the exact terms, but he said it, it landed on the first day of the X month. So it landed on a new year. Amen. And, and Noah's Ark, if you remember, it had vanquished everything else except Noah and his family. And it brought them into a newness, into a new beginning, into a new hope, right? And a new year often does that for us, as it brings us into new beginnings, and it brings us into a new hope. But the reality in all of that, right? And that's my job, to kind of bring you back to reality, right? The reality in all of that is it's the same that we've been offered 
and it's the same that we've been given, and it's the same that we've been promised for years in Jesus Christ. Amen? Nothing that you're wanting or needing or pursuing can come to you any quicker than by coming to Jesus. Amen? And we shared that out of 1 John with you. We're going to stay in 1 John this week. And we're going to pick up where we left off there at verse 19. And it says, and this is the record of John. Speaking of John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And when they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, no. And when they said, and, and then said they unto him, who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And isn't that a question that we all need to answer? What sayest of thyself? What do you say of yourself? What account do you give? Right? And, and we've, we've talked, and you've heard me say it many times. Christianity is not a means of checking boxes and dotting I's and, and crossing T's. Amen? It's, it's not about who follows the rules closer and who follows the rules better, because if that were the case, none of us would be worthy. None of us would ever fully achieve what is necessary for us to achieve salvation. We see that through the law. The law is what determines works and what determines deeds and what determines who does what and did what and who qualifies for what. But our salvation is culminated and wrapped up in Jesus. Nothing else. No one else. Jesus determines our salvation. And what we choose of him determines who we are. Now, John is baptizing. John is baptizing, and he's, he's preaching repentance, amen? And, and he is preaching this, this idea and this notion that we can find forgiveness by choosing to extinguish the bad choices and the bad decisions and the sins of our life and by looking for something that is better and bigger than what we might find here on earth, amen? And you see, that's our, that's our real struggle our real struggle is finding worth in the things here. Our real struggle is finding satisfaction or peace or, or hope or, or life in what we attain here. Amen? And the more we focus on the things here, the less we focus on the things of heaven. And the less we focus on the things of heaven, the more we want the things here, which continue to just take us further and further away from God. Amen? And ultimately can lead us into sin. I don't know very many people that end up in, in sinful ways, you know, by saying, I want to be bad. Right? We just, we just end up there because we lose focus of who God is and we lose focus of what God is trying to do in our life. And we try to find it another way. Amen? Maybe we think it's easier this way. Maybe we think it's easier that way. Maybe we think this is better than God. But then ultimately we find ourselves in the same place, needing him. Needing him. And so John is preaching repentance. Amen? 
And, and what we find in preaching repentance, amen, is you've got to bring yourself of a repentant heart, right? You can't preach something that you haven't applied, right? So John is le- living a life by just preaching it and knowing that Jesus himself said that John is higher than any of the other prophets. We know that John has positioned himself in a place of holiness. In a place of righteousness and a place of preparedness for the gospel of Jesus Christ that is to come. And in so doing that, he is forerunning this idea of repentance and allowing both Jew and Gentile alike to choose to wash away their sin. Amen? And sometimes that's the hardest thing for us. We want Jesus, right? We want, we want heaven, right? We all want those things, right? There was an old country song, wasn't there, that everybody, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, right? And, and, and I, think, I think we would all agree with that, right? Every, everybody wants heaven. Nobody wants hell because we all know that hell's bad, you know, we, we, wailing and gnashing of teeth and, and, and all of this. I mean, we know it's horrible beyond our rec, rec, recognition of what it could be. But we don't know how to fully accept Jesus in all of our struggle and in all of our pain and in all of our our doings and in all of our workings. We have this idea of who Jesus is. We have this idea of of how it will work. We have this idea of how I'm going to look going to church on Sunday and and how I want to be received and I want to be a stalwart in the community and, and all of these things. But that's not Christianity. That's, again, trying to bring the the world into our idea of what being a Christian should look like. Amen? I'm going to be honest with you. I I would much rather have someone that gets on their knees every night and weeps and cries and begs God to work and move in their life than someone that walks around with a tie stuff through their throat thinking they're something when they're nothing. Amen? Amen? I'd much rather have that person that knows they need Jesus than the ones that pretends they've got him. That's extra. Right? That's extra. I ain't charging you for it. So the chief priests come to John and they say to John, who are you? And I respect that because, you know, they were, they, were, they were protecting, right? They were protecting, making sure that, that things weren't happening. But the problem with the chief priests and the problem with the religion of that day is it had become oppressive and it had become something that served man more than it served God. And they were looking for something to, to ensure that this wasn't a threat to them. Not a threat to the kingdom, not a threat to, to God. And let me, let me tell you this about God, right? And, and, and I learned this a long time ago, right? Because we feel like we got to guard everything, right? And I kind of grew up in that traditional culture of, you know, you got to guard everything. Amen? God don't need me to guard nothing. He can literally snap the tongue out of somebody's mouth if he needs to and if he wants to. Amen? I should be able to back things up with scripture, absolutely. But the reality of us feeling like we have to be a bodyguard for God is crazy. 
It's crazy. Because if, if, if we feel like we have to appoint ourselves to such a position, then we don't really understand the full authority of God and his ability to work in people's lives. Amen? And so what do we do? We keep thumbing him. 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 Then we wonder where the power went. Then we wonder where the glory is. Then we wonder how people are, are, are going to get saved. Amen? And we need a revival to make it happen. Amen? I've always thought revival was the greatest paradox of Christianity. Amen? Because we, we celebrate them as these huge moments and moves of God. When in reality, what you're saying is, I'm dead and I need to be revived. Right? Man, I want to be surrounded with people that are, that are full of God and alive every day. I want to be surrounded with people who are on their knees every night, preparing the way of the Lord in them, in their life, in their home, in their family, and in their community, and in their church. Amen? Not someone that comes and, and has their five minutes of glory and then runs and hides. Right? I want someone in the moment. I want some full of fervor, amen, someone that I know in my time of need and my, my desire of prayer, amen, who can bring the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit into my life and into my situation, amen, not someone who's going to be a great orator over me, I don't care how good of an orator you are, I care that the Holy Ghost is working in you and making a difference, amen. Because I want that power and I want that glory alive in my life. I want it alive in my home. I want it alive in my church. I want it alive in my church. Thank you. Listen. Friend, because without it, without it, we got nothing. We got nothing. We got nothing in our life. We got nothing in our home. We've got nothing in our family. We've got nothing, we've got nothing in our church. And so John was preaching to the people, repent. For what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? There's a lot of people who will, will debate what he meant about the kingdom of heaven. I believe he meant Jesus, right? Because it is Jesus who ushers in the kingdom of heaven. It is Jesus who ushers in the school of thought of how to find, uh, find our way back to God and to bring ourselves into a place where God is dominion in our life, where God is all in all in our life. Amen? And, and it is Jesus. We get there no other way. We're a what, if not thief and robber. Amen? And so we bring ourselves to a place of repentance and a place of need. Amen? And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Amen? That the, the things that had a hold of my life, the darkness that had a hold of my life, was extinguished in Jesus Christ. Amen. When I quit playing games, amen, and I could play church with the best of them, amen, and, and when I quit playing games and I brought myself to Jesus and I declared my need of him in a broken and contrite way, he met me there. He met me in that place of repentance, Bob. And he changed me. He changed me. And I'm going to tell you what, it wasn't pretty. 
It wasn't pretty. It wasn't, it wasn't a great orator moment, right? It's not something that you're going to find on Netflix or, 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 or even Pure Flix for that matter. I, honey, I was sobbing at my best. There was snot running down my face. There were tears running down my face. It was ugly. It was ugly because what was in me was ugly. And I needed to lay it before him. And stand up. And let him have a hold of my life. John answered this. I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. You see, John already said, amen, I'm baptizing because the, baptizing you because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he says, there's one among you. Amen. Wouldn't you hate for Jesus to be standing beside of you when you do some kind of dumb religious thing? Huh? Let alone, let alone some dumb worldly thing. Amen. But isn't that what John was saying? These guys are... These guys are questioning him, questioning his authority, questioning his power. Amen. While Jesus stood in their midst. Don't that just sound like church today? Amen. Hopefully not this church. Amen. But doesn't that sound like the church today? Amen. We will look at this and we will look at that. We will choose this and we will choose that. We will wear this and wear that. Amen. We will act this way and act that way all while Jesus stands among us as if he's not even there. Amen. Yeah, gee, you clap. Amen. Because the reality is, the reality is we're called to better. We're called to better. We are called to greater. And that's what John says. Listen. John says, I baptize with water, but there was one that stands among you whom ye know not. He it is. He it is. He it is. I love the absolute of that phrase. He it is. Who coming after me is preferred before me. Whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara. Beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. You see, John knew his standing. John knew where he stood. John knew what he was. John knew where he had come from. And in spite of the power given him, there's a lot of power given him. Remember, I told you just a few minutes ago, I think it's in Mark's gospel, that Jesus says that he is the greatest of all prophets. Amen? He's the greatest of all prophets. <clears throat> and that's not a mistake, because look, what, what did, what did the, the priests and the Levites do when they came to him? They asked him if he was one of the prophets. Reborn, understand, amen, and, and, and I kind of get the conundrum that the, the priests were in because for over 300 years since the prophet Malachi, there had not been anyone spiritual in their midst. 
There had not been anyone hearing from God and prophesying the things of God and speaking the truth and the things of God. So this generation of priests had come to a point in a place that they didn't have an idea what it would look like when someone would begin to manifest the power of God in their life and speak it. Think about that. Think about that. For all of those years, no prophet. For all of those years, no one to come and say, Thus saith the Lord. No one who comes and says, God revealed to me in a dream. No one to come and say, the Lord moved upon me. Nobody. For over 300 years. Until John. Until John. And so they're trying to figure it out. This sounds like Elias. Could could he be Elias? Well, this sounds like Isaiah. Could, could, he, could it be Isaiah? Or, or, or is, he, is he one of the new prophets that were prophesied of? Could he be the Messiah? What are we dealing with here? So if, if we understand where they were, this was quite the conundrum. This was quite the, man, I don't know quite how to figure this thing out. I know what, I know what the, the word says. I know what we've been taught. And, and I know what's been laid down as foundational for us. But I'm not sure where this lines up, right? And so they go and they question him. And John says, I'm not that guy. And I'm not that guy. And I'm certainly not that guy. But I'm a voice in the wilderness. Amen. Declaring the path. Declaring the way. Getting you to get your eyes off yourself. To get your eyes off the world. To get your eyes off things and stuff. Amen. And to turn your eyes and your heart back to God. That's who I am. That's who I am. I'm nothing more than that. But I'm nothing less than that either. Amen. I love the confidence of that. Amen. I'm nothing less than that. I am the guy here to point you to the one that is to come. Amen? And I am absolute in it. How absolute are you in your Christianity? Let, let, me, let me take that a, a, to what I consider another level. How absolute are you in your spirituality? Amen? We can, we can consider Christianity putting on certain clothes and looking in certain ways and playing the part and carrying our Bibles and Posting scriptures on the internet and, and, and looking, looking good, man. Because that's, that's good Christianity by today's standards. Right? How many of you get in your closet? How many of you tell your, tear yourself down? Amen. That the Lord might fill you with something greater than the things of this earth. And build yourself back up. And walk in the ideas and the places of heaven. Rather than the ideas and the things of this world. Amen. That's who I'm looking for. That's who he's looking for. Amen. That's what he's wanting to do in your life. He's wanting to take you to those places. He's wanting to take you to that heart. And he's wanting to take you to that mindset. Amen. And John says, I'm pointing to it. I'm pointing to it. Amen. Because you got to repent. 
you got to repent. you got to wash all this away and choose him and only him. And he will fill you. You see, part of our problem is, is we're, we're filled with a whole bunch of stuff, but we're not filled with him. Amen? We're, here, we're filled with a whole lot of ideas and a whole lot of concepts and, and a whole lot of, uh, of, of philosophies. Amen? Because that's, that's the new cool in church today. It's not preaching the gospel. It's teaching philosophy. Amen? And, and philosophy ain't going to save you. There's no anointing in philosophy. Amen? And there's no yoke broke without anointing. Amen? No yoke broke without anointing. That's why we don't have altar calls at most churches anymore. Amen? Because they ain't, they ain't putting, laying, laying nothing down. Amen? That's going to break a yoke anyway. Oh, y'all ought to amen that hard. Amen? Or ouch. Or ouch really hard. One or the other. Amen? Because as long as we're caught up in philosophies and ideologies and trying to be 30-second movie stars on TikToks while we're in the pulpit, amen, we ain't breaking nothing. And we're called to break chains. We're called to break yokes. We're called to set the captives free. John pointed the way to it, and he tells us, he tells us exactly how it will happen. John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it. I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done where John was baptizing. Amen. And now we begin to see the culmination of it. Verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, I, picture John the Baptist. I want you to really, re this is how I study scripture, amen? So I, I want you to get in my head here. I really don't want you to get in my head. I want you to get into the word, amen? And I want you to see this as it laid down. We know John was kind of wild and crazy, right? He, he, he wore camel hair clothes. He ate bugs, right? Honey and bugs and, and all of this. John, John was not, you know, John was not your uh, skinny jean wearing pastor of today. Right? Can, can we all agree on that? Right? So John was this, this crazy guy who more than anyone else that day saw and felt and was moved. By the presence of Jesus Christ. And he says, behold. Now listen, I want you to get this. Stinky John, smelly John, dirty John, camel John, buggy John, right? I'm sure he had all kinds of nicknames, right? Whatever it was, standing down at the water that day, I don't think he went, behold. I don't think he said, well, would you look at that, right? I, I, don't, I don't think for a second John said, well, look over there. No, I think John kind of lost it for a minute. 
I think he screamed. I think he yelled. I'm not going to do it because with this microphone and these speakers, I'd probably bust your eardrums. But I think John did something crazy like, oh, behold. I can be a lot louder. Trust me. But I think, I think it was something like that. I think John was moved. The Lamb of God. Amen. When are we moved on that level by the presence of the Lord? Amen. And I don't say that to point fingers. I don't say that to crack a whip. I don't, say that, I, don't, I don't say that to be unloving. But I say that full of love because I want you drawn into that life. I want you drawn into that ideology. I want you drawn into to that kind of persona in your spiritual life that you sense the power, you sense the presence, and you behold it and you declare it to everybody else to behold it also. Amen? If we're, if we're doing church the way the early church did church and, and the way people have done church for years that continually break yokes and continually see people saved and continually see lives changed, amen? Then we will be the kind of church that calls each other constantly into the presence and the power of God. Not anything else. Not anything else. Amen. People will stand up from altars. People will come out of their closets and declare that they're a new creature. Declare that they're a new creature. Declare that the power of God has done what they couldn't do, has done what a million doctors couldn't do. Amen. People would be healed. People would be set free. Lives would be changed and saved. And the church would erupt in a flood, a flood of Holy Ghost power. If we're where we're supposed to be. Amen. And it's where, friend, it's where we're called. I'm not, I'm not giving you any new revelation this morning. I'm not. This is, this is nothing brand new. John preached it day one. I baptized with water, but man, there's one coming. There's one coming. Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I have said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Amen. What did we talk about last week? First, first part of this chapter in John 1. I'm not going to revisit it. Amen. For he was before me, and I knew him not. Listen, John getting real personal here. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore I am come, baptizing with water. What John is saying to you there is, oh, when it hit me, when it, when it hit me, when it got my attention, when, when I realized that everything else, all of my ideas, all of my, this is how it's going to be notions. All of these things were extinguished in Jesus Christ and his power, his power, his promise, his glory came alive in me. 
It came alive. It was man. That's what manifestation means. It came alive in me. It was manifest in me. Amen. It was, it was, it was prepared for Israel. But it was manifest in me. John's telling you, man, Jesus came alive in me. And it made me new. It changed me. And it did what only he could do. And that's why I can only baptize you with water. And John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And it abode on him. And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God. Amen? Listen, if, if, I, if I was playing carnival, and I was doing some kind of sideshow theatrics, amen, to get you to come to this church and to cling on to Jesus, amen, we take up offerings so we can pay the bills, amen, could care less about money, it has nothing to do with me, amen. I don't, I, don't, I don't need money, don't want money, don't desire money, not pursuing money. It is a thing of this world that will burn. Amen? We take up an offering to pay the bills. That's all. Amen? And the reality is, if we're coming to church for anything else, then we're a sideshow. We might as well put a Ferris wheel out in the parking lot. And call ourselves a carnival. Amen. But what I am saying to you this morning is this. I'm looking for people who are willing to stand with me. And say that in spite of who I was. In spite of what I was. In spite of where I've been. I have been washed. I have been set free. And the son of God now lives in and hand in hand together, we walk and declare his truth and declare his glory and declare his power so that all, all who hear it might receive it. I'm asking you to be John the Baptist this year. Amen. And some of y'all are like, whoa, I'm checking out on the eating bugs thing. Right? Nope, nope, not doing it. Checking out on it. Amen. I'm not asking you to eat bugs, but I'm asking you to know who you are, and I'm asking you to know what you are, right? You with me? I know what I am, amen? And I know what I am has nothing to do today with what I was, amen? Because the power of the Holy Ghost is upon me, and it has washed me clean. It has washed me clean. Amen? And I have chosen to be something else. I've chosen to be something different. Amen? It's one of the greatest compliments I ever got. I don't share this with you to boast. 
and I'll share this with you to, to, to put myself up, but one of the greatest compliments I ever got, my son made a comment to, to someone at his school, and something came up about me, and I don't know what it was, and he said, you know the greatest thing about my dad? Is he's the same guy here that he is at home. And he's the same guy at home that he is at the grocery store. And he's the same guy at the grocery store that he is here. And he's the same guy at the, at the grocery store that he is at the ball field. Right? He's the same guy. Amen? And listen. Listen. If this was some sideshow. If this was some carnival. Amen? I would not sacrifice the worldliness that I'm choosing to sacrifice. To see the glory of God fall upon this place. Amen? Because I would be just like everybody else. I want fancy cars. I want fancy clothes. I want big houses. I want this. I want that. I want to I be a movie star. I want to be American Idol. I, I want to be all of it. Right? What would I be doing? I would be looking to please me. I would be looking to satisfy me. I would be looking to make me feel good and to make me the most important. And I could care less. Amen? I could care less. Amen? Because what I care about is I care about the power that I felt redeeming. I care about the power of God that fell upon me when I was unworthy. When I didn't deserve it. When he could have easily turned his nose up and looked away and say, Jay, you're a dog. I don't claim you anymore. But instead, he chose me. And his power, the same power that fell upon him by the spirit of those doves, has fallen upon me. And you say, whoa, that's a big claim. Well, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. And this is how I know that I know that he's real. And I don't know if I've ever told this. Some of you may have heard it. Amen. But everything in my life has led me to this place. And I could tell you a million stories, a hundred different ways Satan has tried to take me out. True, true stuff. Some of you know those stories. True, real, dirty, ugly stuff that Satan tried to take me out. But we left a church in Polka that I'd pastored for about seven years. Could have easily pastored another seven or more. Could have easily. Could have easily gotten a hundred percent of of the vote, right? Not aware of anyone who had issue with anything. God was moving. God was getting saved. We started at the church, and it had about 40 people, and, and at that point, it was hitting about 100, between 115 and 120. God had moved. God was saving people. God was changing lives, but I felt called away. Did all the testing of the waters, did all of the the spiritual things, all of the prayer, all of the fasting, did all of this. Yes, I, I, I need to go. And, and so we stepped down. And, and the day that, that I was supposed to step down, we, we constructed it that I would do the morning service. And, and the new pastor coming in would do the evening service. And, and so that would be our transition. And uh, we, we decided that, that leading up to this that we would clean out our garage. Right? So you think, what does that have to do with anything? Well, they'll tell you. We, we pulled everything out of our garage and, and put on our driveway because the weather was supposed to be nice and, and everything. So we put everything on the driveway, mainly because we moved three houses 
into one because we had all of my mom and dad's stuff. For they had my mom had died, and my dad moved in with us because of his health issues. And um, we had a lot of my grandmother's stuff, and we had a lot of her mom's stuff. Long story. Um, all piled into our garage, and it was ridiculous. So we pulled it all out. It was all on the driveway. We're going through it, organizing it, selling it, getting rid of it, doing whatever. And we had, I took Friday off work. We started at Friday, all day Saturday. Sunday, we come home from church. And we had decided, well, we're just not going to go Sunday evening anywhere. We're just going to kind of pray. We're going to kind of seek. And we already had made up our mind we're going here um, the next Sunday morning. We're, we're going to go here. And we're just going to see how God leads us. You know, we, we knew the kids needed plugged in because they were in their teen, early teens. Or Luke was in his early teens. Isaac was at the end of, of grade school. And we knew they needed plugged in. And so we were going to mostly look for that and test that out. Wasn't worried about me and my title and what God might do for me because I knew he had it all worked out. Knew I would pastor again, but never really knew the conditions or situation. So we had this plan. So we come home. We eat. We go back out and start finish cleaning up the garage. And for the first time in close to 20 years, I didn't have to preach a sermon. I didn't have to get a sermon ready for the next week. I didn't have to teach Sunday school. And, and so I'm sitting there, and Sam's doing one thing, I'm doing another thing, and, and I'm kind of feeling it, right? I'm kind of in this, God, did I miss it? Did, did I miss it? Am I, am, I, am I, wow, am I not where I'm supposed to be? I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I, I feel empty all of a sudden, and I don't like feeling empty. You know, have, have you pulled your hand off me? What's, what's going on? I don't like feeling like this. Amen? Because when, when you're walking in his presence and you're walking in his anointing and that anointing is breaking yokes, there is a, there is a power of the gospel that, that associates it with that. And for a split second, I was just like, is that gone? And I panic. And I'm not saying anything. I'm not talking to Sam about it. I'm just internally, I'm like panicking. No, 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 no. This wasn't the idea, right? I'm not leaving God. I'm not going anywhere, God. I thought this was your idea. And so I'm having that momentary panic. And all of a sudden, I hear something. And I look up. And this solid white dove. Sam, am I... Stand, stand up so everybody can see you shake your head. You're mad because I'm going to make you stand up. But this solid white dove flies over our neighbor's house and it comes and it flies over our house three times. And it comes right here. And it's looking me dead in the eye, flapping its wings. And just looking at me as if it was the power of God saying, no, 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 you're not done. No, 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 I haven't left. And I am right here with you. And I'm going to pull a power on you that you've yet to see. And, and I don't know, it, it, maybe it took 30 seconds but it felt like I stood there having a staring contest with this dove for like 10 minutes. I mean, it felt like an eternity. 
And, and, and the whole time I'm doing it, God is just speaking to me in, in, in ways that I can't, even, I can't even explain, but he's just speaking to me. And after, after that was all done and, 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 and the voice went silent, the dove went and it flew over our vehicles and then it flew off the same way that it came. And I, I told preaching friends about this and everything else like that. And one of them, Pastor John, uh, said to me, he said, Jay, if you'd have held out your hand, that dove would have landed on you. And I'm like, I was, I was too scared to death to lift my hand or, or do anything, man. I just sat there and received all that God had to give me and promise me in that moment. Amen. And since that moment, any time there has been a significant decision and an uncertainty at all that we were seeking and fasting where to go spiritually in what God was doing in our life, two doves have always shown up. And they show up when Sam and I can both see them together. There's never been an instance where I see them and she doesn't or she sees them and I don't. It has always been when we see them together. Amen? Just like John, just like Jesus, the power of God is meant to fall on you. Right? I don't, I don't share this story because I think I'm different. I don't share this story because I think I'm bigger than somebody else. I share this story because it is what is meant for you and 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 all of us. God intends his power and intends his glory for all of us. It might be for different reasons and for different purposes and, and different anointings and different powers, absolutely. But God's promise and power is meant for us all. All of us. Every single one. Amen. He is no respecter of persons. He does not look at me and look at Gary and choose Gary over me or me over Gary. He looks at us the same and he says, I've got the same portion. I've got the same power. I got the same blood. I got the same love. I've got the same anointing that I will put on all of you. If you will step into what I'm calling you to. Don't care about your past. Don't care about your story. Don't care about who's, you know, I still walk through Walmart and people who knew me back then still snarl their noses up at me. Amen? Or who still want to come over and bring up those days. Amen? I'm all about that because that lets me get to talk about Jesus, right? Well, you know what? It's funny. It's usually how I go into it. They're talking about those days. Amen? The club days and the the women days and the, the drinking days and all of this and that and the other. And I'll let them say things for a few minutes and everything else. I say, you know, the funny thing about all of that, I don't do any of it anymore. What? Nope, none. None. What happened, man? You, you were the life of the party, blah, 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 and this and that and the other. Jesus happened. Jesus happened. Jesus had now walk in the Holy Ghost. 
Amen? Because I don't need the power of the things of this life to edify who I am. Why? Because I am edified of the power and the glory of God. Amen? I don't need to be lifted by the things of this life because I'm already walking in a kingdom not of this earth. Amen. My heart and my mind and my affections are set towards it and nothing here. Amen. And, so, and, and trust me, the deeper we go, amen, and, and the more spiritual we, we become and the more power uh, of God that we choose to walk in, the less Satan can tempt you. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Amen. The more power of God that exists in your life, the less he can tempt you. It's why he's got to do things like make cars break down or, or, or do this or do that and everything else to, to get on your nerves. Amen. Because he has lost the power to tempt you. I'm not joking. Don't sit there and look at me like, man, he's done crazy. Amen. Because I'm living it. I'm living it. I, God has moved over me with such a power and such a glory that the things that used to tempt me, I'm like, oh, 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 and, and I, would, I would just chase it. Amen? He puts in front of me today, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> no, you're dumb, you're stupid, and I don't want any of that. You can make it dance if you want to, and I ain't touching that unclean thing. Amen? And so he has to do other things to frustrate me and to get under my skin because he knows he can't tempt me like he used to. Amen? And the same can be true for you. 100% the same can be true for you. I'm not special, but I am walking. In the power and the glory of God. The same as you can too. Amen. If a, if a camel hair wearing bug eaten dude can see it. And walk in it. And experience it. So can we. So can we. So can me and so can you. And we can do it together. And we can bind one another with such a power and a glory from heaven that Satan stands no chance. Amen? It's when we, it's when we get caught up in worldly things and worldliness and get our eyes off the kingdom. Amen? That he begins to meddle and, and begins to create division. Amen? In our personal life, in our home, and in our church. When we choose to bind together in the power and the glory that he promised. And that he laid on Jesus and that he laid on John. And the same is laid on me and you. Man, we're going to kick in some gates. Amen. We're going to kick in some gates of hell. Right? And Satan, Satan's going to aggravate us, right? He's, he's going to do stupid things to aggravate us because he knows when we grab hold that we're kicking in those gates. 
He knew Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not withstand us. Right? It shall not withstand us. On the 15th, I'm going I'm to, with God's help, going to provide our vision for 2023 and forever. I'm going to preach that message to you on the 15th. And I want you to be here. I want everyone to be here. I want you to bring everybody you got, if you got to drag them by the head of the hair, to this place. Because I want them to understand, and I want them to understand and know that we're going to be different. We're going to manifest power and glory. Miracles are going to happen here. Amen. That wasn't just a little theme we gave you when we opened up this place. This will be a house of miracles. We will manifest the power and the glory of God in this place with a fervor and with a spirituality that goes beyond what anyone can fathom and realize in this life. Amen. I want people talking about us like we're crazy because of the power of God that falls here. Amen. Hey, John wore camel hair and ate bugs. Don't think they didn't talk about him crazy. They're going to talk about us crazy, and that's okay. Amen? Because if we're concerned about looking like everything else and everybody else and doing the same things everybody else are doing that isn't fixing nobody, then we'll be no different. Amen? And I refuse that. I refuse. I bind its spirit. Amen? Just in thought. Because I want to be a place where lives change. I want to be a place where miracles happen. And I want to be a place where people walk out of here and say, I left it all behind because of Jesus. I left it all behind because of Jesus. And I am now walking in the full authority of his power in my life. Amen. I declare it so. I declare it so. But it starts with you, with each one of you. It starts with you. You have to choose to see yourself and to decrease, right? To decrease. What did John say? Man, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to take his sandals off, let alone wash. Do you understand the reference there? The reference there was, you know, they would wash people's feet when they came into the house. John's saying, I'm not even worthy to take a shoe off let alone wash the feet. Amen? I mean, when we start thinking of ourselves like that in the presence of Christ, His power will fall upon us. Amen? But the more we, we, we think of ourselves to be something when we're nothing, the more we begin to think that we're adding something to this. Amen? The more we will continue to add things to ourselves and not the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And, and it might look like we're blessed. It might look like we're growing. It might look like God's hand is upon us. Amen. But friend, listen, I am calling you to want him and him only. I am calling you to an upper room. And it doesn't mean that we have to come in here and lock these doors. Amen. But I am calling you to an upper room to where you look at yourself and realize that if I want everything that Jay's talking about, it can be mine, but I must decrease so that he increases. I have to understand that I'm not in control. And I have to let go of control. Man, we don't like that, right? We don't like that. I've told you stories in our marriage and different things like that. 
I'm a numbers guy, clicking numbers, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't line up. It doesn't work. Everything else, okay, we'll keep doing what we're doing, and what we're doing brings conviction. Amen? And, and so forth. And so we take bold moves. Amen? And, and God shows up. God shows up. I don't want to story tell all day long, so I'm just kind of giving you the quick hit on that. But I've seen it. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've lived it. Amen? So you can't tell me it's not real, and you can't tell me it's not true, and you can't tell me it's not full of glory. Because I've seen it and I've lived it. I just want you to live it too. I, I want you to have it. All of it. All of it. Amen? And you can. You can. John said, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, behold the Lamb of God, which what? Taketh away the sins of me and you. Right? Yeah, I know. Scripture says the world. But that includes me and you. And I claim it. I claim it. Amen. I claim it. Amen. Because there was a day I needed it. There was a day I needed it. And I still need it every day. Amen. I need him to remind me every day and every morning. You've heard me say a million times. Amen. When did you get saved? This morning. Right? What do you mean this morning? Amen. Because I chose to live it and carry it again this morning. I chose to be that guy. Or I chose to be, let me put it this way. I chose to be this guy rather than that guy again today. Amen. And I want you to walk with me. I want us to do it hand in hand, side by side. Not me in front. Amen. Y'all, I hope you know me well enough to know by now that I'm not a name and lights guy. Amen. I might be a name in the kingdom guy. Amen. And I, I, I will proclaim his glory. Amen. With boldness. Amen. But as so doing, I'm decreasing. Every day I'm decreasing. If you looked at, you, you, can, you can ask my wife. Amen. She doesn't even know what I'm going to say. You can ask my wife. If you look at Preacher Jay 30 years ago and look at Preacher Jay today, he's 100% a different human being. Amen. Because over those years, God has shown me, nope, stupid, don't need that. Nope, that's flesh. You don't need that. Nope, that's world. You don't need that. Nope, that's you. You certainly don't need that. And, and as I have grown and matured over 30 years of ministry, God has shown me that what I need is Jesus. I don't need me. Amen. I joke all the time and say the only talent he ever gave me was my mouth. Amen. And, and I don't even really need my mouth because he put, words, he put words in it all the time that I don't even know are coming out. Amen. I just have to choose to be willing. I just have to choose to be willing, and I just have to say, God, let your glory fall on me and take me where you want me to go. Do in me and through me what you want to do. Amen? And friend, the same is true for you. John was a voice crying in the wilderness, and we can be too. 
We live in, in one of the most reprobate times of history. People of the 60s might argue it was worse then, and, and, and that's okay. I'm not going to have that argument. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly say it was equally bad then as it is now. Amen? But God needs voices in the wilderness. God need pe needs people filled of the power and glory that he gives so that this world might be set free. We are their only hope to get to Jesus. Amen? So we need to quit living him like the world does. We need to quit living him like the, the modern church and in, in a lot of ways even the traditional church does. Amen? And we need to start living him like the Bible does. Amen? Like the early church did. To where it's all about him and only him. And let his glory fall. Amen? I hope, I hope we can do this together. It's my desire and it's my goal that we do this in one accord. And that we bring down, we bring down the gates set before us. We don't fear. We don't worry. We don't let anxiety be our rule. We stand confident in the fervor and the power of God according to his gospel. Jesus Christ. Amen. And listen, listen that, that's why he tells us to preach Christ crucified. Amen. Because if we're over here preaching this and we're over here preaching that and we're back here preaching that and we're way out there preaching this and preaching that and everything else, then we got to control all of that. Amen. But if I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus, if I'm preaching him crucified like Paul commends us to and only that, then I'm not running around. I'm not running around protecting everything coming and going. Amen? I'm lifting up the power and the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it will defend itself. You should have amen that. Amen? So I'll give you another chance. Right? The gospel of Jesus Christ will defend itself. Amen? There we go. Amen? And so that's what we preach. That's what we promise. That's what... We give people when they walk through these doors is Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing, Judy.
Yeah. 